Jarrett posed a question. I got to get headphones, but we're live, so this is fun. <laughs> Jarrett posted a tweet that we want to talk about. Yes, it's about Twitter to a degree, but we're going to deviate from that quickly. Um, and, and we'll pose this to Jay, but um, Jarrett reacted to Elon announcing that he's going to be paying for verification or he's going to be charging for verification. And Jared said paying for verification is a new vibe. Who doesn't, but, but who doesn't have student debt? So let's start with a question to Jared and, and then, or an explanation from Jared on what this means. And then we'll turn this into a question to Jay. So Jared, what did you mean by new vibe? And what do you mean by student debt? Yeah. How's, what's the student debt connection? Oh, okay. So I missed most of that. I'm sure you're introing my, my tweet that I wrote. So I said, what was the tweet? God, I don't even know what I said. Sorry, everyone. I'm I having read difficulties. It. Paying for verification is a new vibe. I said, um, paying, yeah, for paying for verification is a new vibe. <laughs> Yet, who doesn't have student debt? So my point here is that in many ways in society, we use education as social signaling and as verification. Oh, I went to this university or you went to that university or we're both part of this university conglomerate like the Ivy League. And that is the way that we, in some ways, pay for verification. When you come out of Harvard and you have Harvard on your resume, that's a different blue check than so-and-so community college. That's just the way the world works. Sure. And so, especially in the world of where we had, you know, the celebrities who were paying to have their kids go to Stanford and they were paying like $600,000 to have their kids go to like a $250,000 education undergrad, that was paying for verification. They had to keep up with the Joneses. All of their other kids, all their other kids' friends were also going to these high elite educational institutions. And so in many ways in the United States and in other places, but especially in the United States with our debt system and the way we burden 18-year-olds with six-figure debt, essentially, when they don't really know what they want to do, that to me just seems interesting. So it's like we push back at this idea of Twitter maybe having a $20 if you want to keep your verification per month, you kind of like pay to play situation. Yet most of society is set up in pay to play. And yeah. for me, when Twitter does this, it's going to be the first time that a social media company is really going to say pay to play. And I think it's going to start to change the dynamic of how these things play out because then maybe Instagram's like, oh yeah, we see Twitter getting all that revenue and people really didn't push back that much because $240 for most people that are verified is a drop in the bucket and they can probably write it off because they have an LLC to their brand or their company or what have you. Then what else can we do? Because I don't mind paying if I'm verified $20 yeah. a month if it means there's no more bots and there's other things that happen on the platform that just make my entire experience better. So that's kind Jay of where I thought. I just thought it was ironic. Jay, the first thought that strikes me is, wait a minute, LinkedIn Premium already has put their toe in you, Grant. But we can hear you. We can, we hear, can you. hear you. Um, Grant, so, I can hear you. I can only hear Jay. So this is horrible. I'm so sorry. Um, you can hear me. I can hear Grant. I'll I'll translate between between the two of you. Keep going. yeah. Can you like put up put up placards? <laughs> <laughs> so real quick to Jay, um, LinkedIn. How is this different than LinkedIn when LinkedIn's already pulling revenue? It's a lot less. It doesn't cost as much as LinkedIn costs. I mean, How much is LinkedIn? It's the lowest tier is like fifty bucks. The lowest tier of LinkedIn is fifty dollars. Interesting. Or something like that, I think. Yeah, I think I remember paying that. And you get you can do direct mail, like you're paying to play, and it's not a blue check verification, so it's not a status symbol. But we as consumers aren't foreign, aren't alienated to paying for some tears and social media right like you paid for a while for linkedin but then you canceled right yeah i i think actually no i haven't canceled it yet i still have it oh. okay but who, who else does this where where else can you pay to to get additional features maybe discord maybe definitely discord definitely discord definitely twitch um youtube premium now that's not oh, yeah. okay. that's not to project your voice. That's to get uh, other content. Jared, are you back on board? Can you hear? No. Um, Jared, can you hear Grant? No, I can't hear. And I've checked both things, and I can't use my. I'm sorry, guys. I'm. You're good. 
I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's, all, it's all right. Um, so that all being the case, like there's always upgrades, right? And if there's upgrades like that in, in nearly every, I mean, Facebook and Instagram is the only one that's not paid except for ads, which gives you additional, uh, additional features. I mean, you're paying for ads. You're, it's kind of an upgrade, kind of not an upgrade, but you're able to reach more people. So it's all based on reach. So is this, I mean, when you saw this, when you saw this, um, this up, upcharge, when you saw this upcharge, yeah. what was your response? It made sense. Like, I feel like the, oh, Jared's back. Jared, can you, can you hear Grant now? Cool. Great. Welcome back. Thanks. It, it made sense. Like, it, in my initial thought behind uh, Elon buying Twitter in the first place is that it's, immediately going to be fold, folded into the, you know, Elon suite of companies and somehow it's going to be, <laughs> be, be become revenue generating and, uh, you know, he's going to use the cash from that to either fuel some mission to Mars or, or fund Tesla. Like it, it, it's going to be used in exactly the same way that everything else had been used. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it just made sense. Like, yeah. And it's not that expensive, right? I think, what, what was it? Is it 20, 20 bucks per month? He's saying 20, but for, and Jared, I don't know if you saw this and I'd love for you to speak to this for some of the stuff we've talked about, especially with your development experience. And that is, he said, price will change per country or IP address for purchasing power parity. Did you see that? I didn't see that, but that's a really brilliant thing. And it's something that you and I have discussed off camera that if you're going to create a product or whatever and sell it, and if it's a digital product, it should totally be tied to your IP because $20 for someone in the United States is different than $20 for somebody in a country where the average person is making $1 to $2 a day because mm -hmm. that could translate to the United States to a couple hundred dollars or thousands of dollars, right? So I think it needs to be weighted. And that's an interesting thing. I did not read that, but I love the way that he's done that. And Jay, I think you're spot on. I think it's just, just kind of folds into Elon's overall thinking about the world. Um, but would you guys, and I'm so sorry if I missed this, I'm having some no, serious go ahead. issues. Would you guys pay the $20 if you're verified on Twitter? Like that. Like that, Jay? Instantly. Yeah, I'd pay $20 for that show. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Well, let, let, let me qualify. <laughs> <laughs> The payment can't, the only barrier can't just be the payment. Like if anybody no. get it and all you had to do was pay, pay $20, $20 per month, I probably wouldn't want it. Have you tried to get verified? No, I've never tried. On Instagram or anything? No. I've tried on, I've tried on Instagram just to go through the process. What's up, Ken? Yeah, Ken, I said preach. I hope it's because you're not having technical difficulties like me today. Um, I haven't, I haven't, I've only tried on Instagram and I just thought it was interesting to try to go through the process. And I know Instagram has this entire algorithm and I just don't post enough. You have to be posting posts, reels, you have to have stories, you have to engage other uh, verified accounts should probably be engaging with you. That helps to like, you know, verified people aren't going to be probably engaging with something that's fake or something that's not real or not behind an authentic brand or an authentic person. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I'm going to shout out this George quote, if you guys don't mind. It says, yeah. I've recently got quotes of 20 to 25K from PR firms to get a blue check for projects with no guarantees in a two to three month time frame." George, this is funny because on Instagram, if I go through my DMs, especially on my personal Instagram, there'll be people that are like some dude named John. I do not know where he lives. He has like a very basic photo. Some and dude named John. Some dude named John. I don't know where he lives. And he'll be like, let me get you a, it will be called like blue check creator. And he's like, let, you know, and he'll DM and be like, let me get you a blue check. I love how Jay just drops up. We're having a world eat today, people. Let me get you a blue check. And I'm like, this is ridiculous because this person doesn't even have a blue check and they're trying to sell me a blue check. Yeah. That's like someone not in shape selling me on a workout plan. I'm just going to, yeah. there's a little bit of a disconnect. Um, so how I know about how price, uh, yeah, price should definitely be based on your IP. I just think that that's a fundamental thing. And I think moving forward, I hope that other people adopt that. And if that is how Elon is doing it, I think that that's a great thing. And George says $20 is a bargain. If you only have to pay $20 to be verified, I think it just waters down verification. It no longer is about the, the people that are the movers and shakers of opinions and the thought creators and the thought leaders and 
you haven't gotten there through fame because for me the verification is just proof of work somehow you've done some work to get that verification even if you win the lottery they're not just going to give you a verification thing like it's not oh yeah it goes back to what we're talking about between being uh rich and being influential and how those are different in our society Um, and i'm going to pass the mic to Jay, knowing that today Grant's mouth is really hurting. He had some dental work done and (laughs) he is out here just doing the most. Um, But Jay, would it water down? Do you agree with me when I say it would water down if everyone just had to pay $20 and then you'd be verified? Because to me, that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't think it. uh, Turn the volume up. Jay, volume up. We are dying today. We're so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This is our first time live streaming, not our 27th episode. Uh, I'll go so Jay could figure out his ones and twos. Allison says, hey, Allison, how you doing? I feel like we need to connect. Um, it says, it becomes the same as everything. Those resources are given the authority to influence. I think it has been. I don't think it does anymore. I think this actually equalizes the playing field. And, and, and I'd love to hear, Allison, not to shut you down, I'd love to hear your unique view on this because when I first saw it, my first thought was this to what you're saying, Jared. It used to be proof of work and that proof of work was authority or influence or, or money. And I have tried to get verified on all the platforms. I've uploaded driver's licenses, passports, and in the end, they were making very rudimentary decisions based on this algorithm you're talking about of like influence, other people boosting my stuff, liking my stuff. But now if I can simply put a driver's license or passport in, then pay my fee, that company, in this case, Twitter, is incentivized to do it based on that merit alone, that I'm real. If that's the only, I would pay $20 to start sewing into a fund that filters out. Well, if I'm bot number three showing anime chicks that are half naked and I can't do a passport and a $20 fee, that bot is not verified. I'm not going to uh, follow them or allow them to see my account at all. So for me, I, I see it as equalizing the playing field. I don't know. What do you guys think? That's interesting that you see it. So I see it as, uh, first of all, I, I like what, what Allison says, that if it is a pay-to-play situation, then that is making it something where, you know, I think the promise of social media, especially now as it is now, is like you can totally Gary V your brand or your company, and you can go work hard on creating content. And in six to 12 months, that will help you kind of launch ahead. Really, social media is kind of like, in many ways, the fabled American dream where you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? Where you can get on there and you can kind of create a niche for yourself without having to worry about money, right? This is why creating content is so difficult because it's free. And anything that is free, free, anything that is free is is always going to have a lot of competition. And so I am kind of, I'm waiting to see what happens, but are we for sure, before we go on, are we for sure that if you pay, excuse me, if you pay the $20, then you get verification. Do we know that no. for sure? No, you have to, vi- go ahead, go ahead, Jay. Seems like if you were already verified, if you wanted to maintain your verification, you had to pay $20. Yes, yes, you have to, they have a 90 day period where if you are verified now on Twitter, you have a 90 day period after which you will lose your verification if you don't pay the Twitter blue or whatever they're going to call it, Twitter prime. I don't know what they're going to call it. Yeah. Um, but do you, can you buy verification for $20 or can you buy some type of authentication for $20? Is that something that, that they're proposing? Do we know that for sure? No, like if you can go from zero, I don't have anything and then pay 20 bucks and now I got something, some kind of authorization. No. Yeah. Like I'm sure that there's going to be some certain benchmarks. You have to have a certain amount of followers and certain amount of posts and certain amount of time on, on Twitter, because especially like, once again, we talk a lot about crypto on this and web three, there are so many people every week that follow me and then unfollow me, or they just disappear that are like some random person. Yeah. And they're like, hit me up in DMS. Let's collaborate. And I'm like, always going to give it the 10 seconds to look at their profile. And I go and look and it's like created September, 2022. And I'm like, what are, you know, you look at their profile and it's like Bitcoin or death. And I'm like, okay, all right. Clearly this is a real person and I should spend a lot of time investing energy into this relationship. Now let's, I want to read Tristian's and I've been reading it, but I'm not sure if I fully understand where, where they're trying to go with this. It says also with that, this being, I'm assuming if you could pay for verification, how does that open up the ability for a SaaS type model for more verification? Do you guys understand yeah. what, what they're trying to say here? 
I'll give you my two cents, Jay. You can kind of break this down. But what I'm thinking is, is let's say that I pay on purchasing power parity, I'm paying eight dollars. I'm already paying three to Twitter Blue right now. Bump into eight's no problem. And let's say all I have to do for that is show them a passport with my home face plus eight bucks. Great, that's level one. But what I think Tristan is getting at is, uh, and Tristan, feel free to unpack this a little bit more so that we're not chasing uh, the wrong the wrong rabbit here. But what I think he's saying, what I think he's saying is that then you can say, well, then verified that you're being interacted with with other celebrities or maybe verification of, no, you're verified to have, if this were LinkedIn, you're verified to have a certain CEO role or you're verified income verification. If you were on a dating app, like one of these wealthy, what's that wealthy dating app? Obviously I'm not on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's the one in the Bay my friend was telling me about. She's on yeah. it and it's like, you have to only be invited on and yeah. you get on there and there's yeah. just NBA players. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's like, yeah, yeah. So like, I think this is what Tristan's getting at is, is there's like increased degrees. Tristan says, yes, that's exactly it. There's in, but here's the deal. This is where I think Allison's getting with the pay to play uh, much better, Jay. This is the thing I think Allison's getting at is if you see it, it, it does open a slippery slope, I guess is all she's saying. But for me, we've got to do something about the bots, honestly. Go ahead, Jared. Um, my whole thing with the bots is everyone uses some cryptocurrency or you could even have Twitter coin. I don't care what it is. It could even be a stable coin that you can fractionalize, fractionalize the pennies of the stable coin down even more. So instead of having 100 units, you would actually have 1,000 units. That way you have one-tenth of a penny. And anytime you tweet, it's one-tenth of a penny. That's it. That seems to be fairly reasonable for almost anyone around the world. And that way, the second, the second you monetize the creation of content or you commodify it, it will cut out the bots instantaneously. So that means in $1, I don't have 100 tweets. I actually have 1,000 tweets or responses. Anytime I engage, it's going to take one-tenth of a penny off my, off my account. And I basically take my fiat wherever I am, and I buy Twitter coin. And Twitter coin, instead of Satoshis, they could be... You could call them musks. I don't know what you want to call them, but there'd be a thousand to every dollar. And anytime I engage, if I like, if I retweet, if I do anything, it just takes it off my, it just takes it off my, my account. But it's such a small amount that anyone could still get into it, but it's such a large amount that no one's going to have their bots out there working overtime because it's going to be too expensive. And people like, please jump in the comments, jump in the comments when someone has DM'd you through a bot or like something through a bot or told you to watch this YouTube video for some coin. I get shilled a lot all the time, especially on Twitter more than anything where you've been like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go through. I'm so excited to take my $600 today and go buy the purple bunny NFT because it's going to have utility and I'm going to have access to a mansion in Prague. Like, please tell me when that works. So it doesn't. So hopefully, if you just had even the smallest amount of, of financial friction for bots, it may take them out. That's what I'd like to see. I guess, so this is a financial friction. You just don't like the fact that it's tied to something we perceive to be a status symbol. What do you, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I think we're saying two different things here. Mm. What do you mean? So Marissa, when I, and, and all of you know from the previous episode that Marissa and I talk about this stuff quite a bit, so we're not going to drag this conversation into that, but her pushback was, um, it, she thought that the blue check meant you were famous. That's it. And I said, no, I, I said, it does turn out that because people don't pay, they had to figure out a way to give people a blue check. And what's the easiest way to verify that this is Jennifer Lopez or Doja Cat? If they say, I wanna get verified, they're like, well, you were on stage and there's 50 million people following your account. That's an easy guess that you deserve a blue check. So it was, it was society is already power dynamics in pay to play. And, and that power dynamics already happening. So when we have a social media platform, we're not gonna fix the human the human condition with the social media app, we're only going to amplify it. And so for me, it, it was an equalizer because I could be a plebe, upload my passport, pay a, a, a per, for my purchasing power, uh, 20 bucks and get verified. But Allison makes this great point. It's still purchasing power and purchasing power, purchasing being money, 
power being power, it's now still weighted towards the wealthy, especially if there's tears the way Justin's talking about. So I do, it's good food for thought, but to me, given where we're at versus paying 20 bucks to get verified, there's a window actually. I told Marissa this. Just like there was a window when Twitter Blue came out and started allowing NFTs, the hex, there was a small window where that did give me a a perceived societal boost. Why not? Go pay the three bucks, get my NFT loaded and, and benefit from that. Well, just, yeah, it benefit from that for that window. And at this point, it's kind of equalized. Now you could just be a crypto boy or crypto girl and you're just a hex and it doesn't mean that much anymore. But yes, uh, Allison, 20 bucks, you're correct. I said eight. Uh, again, I apologize. Great. Uh, uh, always correct for inflation. Come on. <laughs> But I think this is the same thing's going to happen with this 20 bucks. I think if I could just benefit from the blue check while we still view it as a status symbol, why not do this for the next three to six months? And then once it equalizes, well, you know, I'll back out of it, if you will. I don't know. What do you think about that? And I want to, I want to, I want to bridge this to blue sky real quick. Go ahead, Jarrett J. Why don't we like, if we're adding in the crypto element, like you were saying, Jared, yes. thinking about that, why don't we like go full crypto and have it be like a daily limit of tokens? You have to buy the token on the open market. And so prices fluctuate daily based on whether there's a bunch of stuff to be said or not. How do you think that would affect Twitter, if not only you had to pay, but then you had to pay whatever the floating prices. I think you're still in the purchasing power problems that Allison's, I think you're into more power wealth dynamics now with that mm-hmm. than, than creating equini- equanimity across a, a flat world. Jerry, Jared, Jared, what do you think? I think we need to figure out what we're trying to solve for. Well, what are we solving for something different? I think. Yeah, I, I exactly, exactly. Like one's trying to get pizza, one's trying to get Chinese, one's trying to get sushi, <laughs> and we're all coming up with cool ways to say it. Yeah, yeah. I think. I th- yeah, I mean, I guess I'm I, because like the way it is now, you could argue that we're already there, as you're saying, Grant, because you could just be like a professional athlete, and they put in the proof of work, and then now they're all really now they're wealthy because of the work they've done. And then they're taking pictures with somebody else who's verified. So then they get verified. I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't really know what we're solving for. Are we com- bemoaning the fact that there's inequality on the internet when we know <laughs> that there's inequality in the streets? Yeah. It just seems weird to me. Like, I, I don't really know what we're trying to solve for. Like, if people paying allows them to be verified, it still doesn't change the fact that if someone's saying something really valid on Twitter, I don't actually really care that they have a blue check. I'm just going to continue to follow them or listen to them. And that's really how like verification kind of came about. It was the loudest and most interesting voices in the room. Maybe not even the loudest. Those are the ones that were able to rise up and get verification. There's a bunch of anonymous accounts on Twitter that are, they're, they're hilarious. And they're yeah. just like troll accounts. Yes. And like they're not yeah. verified because they're a real person. They're verified because they add something to the conversation and the culture. And I think that sometimes maybe we're getting a little bit too ex- excited and angered about the inequality in the world. As opposed to thinking about like, that's, that's going to always exist. Like that's, I, I'm sorry. We're not just going to live in a society where everyone has the same thing. That's just probably not how it's going to shake out no matter what we try to do to tip the scales and having, so I don't know, I, I, I guess like $20, just because somebody has verification now knowing that they just have to pay for it. It doesn't change my perception of their comments. If they're saying stuff that doesn't resonate with me or doesn't challenge me to grow or doesn't add value to my life. I don't care that they have a blue check or not. I guess that's how I kind of feel. Well, and as, oh, and, and Ken, I, I do want Ken. Yeah, I, Ken, when, please When Ken more. says this, when Ken says this, everyone needs to take a time out and let him type something up <laughs> or yeah, come well, on the show and talk about it. But Ken, if you don't mind unpacking that, that would be huge. Now, in terms of supply and demand, if you have something that is rare, it's worth a lot. If you have something that's available to many more people, it gets worth less. I think Elon... Similar to uh, someone raised the question of what did you think about this kind of negotiating back and forth on closing this deal, you know, about the bots? Was he making too big of a deal of it? And I said, for a guy who can write the check, a 44 bill, 
It's, he has a fiscal imperative to try to get less. A. It was a no-lose scenario because he brought up the issue of bots. And if they could, if let's say they answered the call of bots and said, okay, we're getting rid of bots, he would have been like the next hero of everyone on Twitter. But they didn't. So what was the worst case scenario? He bought it. And it's the largest MailChimp email list in the planet. I could go buy my competitor's business and only have another hundred emails. He went and bought Twitter and bought every user in the database. So to him, he bought the ultimate. So it was a no-lose scenario. But I think that this $20 is a similar thing. I can take the $20. We can verify people. Well, what about JLo and Doja Cat's status? It's going to tank. It is. They don't care. They have, they, have, they have millions and tens of millions of followers. Their status will remain. I will suddenly feel status. So I'll get a dopamine hit and be an even better user in Twitter for a while. They'll get an income stream and maybe actually be able at the same time to negate at least some of the bots for a little bit period of time. For me, it's another situation. And you raise a great question about what are we solving for? Well, I think what the three of us can agree in crypto land going with Jay's direction is what we, we go for the biggest enemy first. The biggest enemy isn't bots. The biggest enemy isn't me against the next celebrity. The biggest enemy is advertisers and big data. So let's talk. Jerry doesn't think so. Let's talk about Blue Sky. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, I want to go and then I want to pass the mic. And then we have really good comments from Ken and yes. Brian I want to, I want yes. to get to. Yes. I agree with you. What I think Twitter may become is kind of like Hulu. I recently was watching Hulu and I had to watch it with ads. And then I just paid the free month and I'll cancel it before. I had to watch Welcome to Wrexham. Anyways, into soccer, footy, love it. And I feel like it's going to be like that. If you pay the $20, you don't see ads in your feed. Yeah. If you don't pay the $20, every fourth or fifth is a sponsored post. This is similar to what YouTube has been doing for years. You can pay YouTube. You don't see any of the ads before the videos. And when you have your playlist, it just loads, right? But you pay $15 a month, all of a sudden those ads disappear. So I wonder if that is kind of maybe where they're going. Jay, I want to hear your thoughts on what Grant says. Now let's circle back. Also, Brian and Ken continue to add in messages and comments because I want you to extrapolate further on those two while Jay's talking about his thoughts on, you know, the advertisers maybe being the bigger, the biggest bully in the room, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk a bit about the advertisers, but I also want to have that conversation about Blue Sky. Like, I don't know a ton about it. I've, you know, read what, what people said and stuff like that, but I feel like, like Jack always keeps stuff pretty close until, you know, until it's basically time, time to release it to the public. So I feel like there's still more speculation to be done there with, with Blue Sky. But um, on, on, on the side of the, of the marketing, especially for, for softwares like, like, like Twitter, without the, the advertisers, I don't know if, if Twitter would be the kind of place that it is, right? Because the advertising dollars uh, allow for, have, have been historically what have allowed for the the functionality to be free, and that's what has allowed for people to to use it as as much as as they have, and enabled it to become as popular as it has, and and to be used in the way that it's used because it's free, and that's only because of of advertising dollars. So it's like like saying that the the advertising dollars are, are the enemy. I don't. It's almost like like shooting yourself in, in, in the foot. It's like saying food is the enemy. No, it's not the enemy, Jay. It's it's the it's what keeps Twitter going, as you're saying. It's what allows Twitter to to continue to grow and add different things and add different you know functions for the user. But for the user in the feed of attention, it is the one thing that's pulling away, that's creating space. That's I think what Grant was trying to say. As a user, as a create, excuse me, as a creator, when you're thinking about your content, some of the ads are becoming ridiculous and they're taking up more and more space. That's at least the way I understood what Grant was saying. Uh, if I may, when I, I personally, my personal opinion, I'll say that my personal opinion is ads aren't that bad and advertisers aren't that bad, but I know the argument very well, especially since a lot of the social media documentaries came out and we realized algorithms are made to hook you. Algorithms are made for their main client. Their main client is an advertiser to hook that eyeball. Now, the social media platform has an imperative because it is the food of the beast. 
And that makes sense. The food of the beast, feed that food. User data is important. User interaction and engagement numbers have to be high. We have to create as much stickiness as possible. And the domino effect, and I think Ken might agree with me on this, the domino effect, morals, views, physical, because a bot like theirs, let's bring this up on the screen. And for those listening to this later, Ken Cato says, think about how many people change their lives, morals, views, and physical locations or their physical bodies because a bot liked their post or because an algorithm allowed them to be trolled or because they saw something on January 6th and went to Washington or any other extremism, not just right-wing extremism, any sort of extremism. We know that algorithms play up to this because it increases engagement and that benefits who? Advertisers mostly. It benefits the platform, but it benefits the platform in so much that it can sell eyeballs to the advertiser. If you remove this incentive, I don't think you can remove it as a mechanism to the industry ever fully, and I don't think Twitter will. But I think you can remove it as a core imperative of an entity by either charging, which is what Twitter is doing, or decentralizing, which is what Dorsey is doing. Um, so to me, I, I agree that it's not necessarily the enemy. Personally, I see the necessary evil of some of that mechanism at the moment, but I recognize the public through privacy issues and through social engineering issues. I think people are significantly bothered. Oh my God. Look at this comment. W who's going to start the proof of human blockchain? <laughs> that that's huge. Um, so what do we know about Dorsey's project and how can we compare apples to apples or apples to oranges with what's going on on Twitter? Does, do you guys know anything about this? Uh, I don't think we know enough about what Dorsey's trying to do to talk about it, nor do I think we understand enough about what Elon's trying to do to really almost continue other than just in the hypothetical world of can you pay for verification? Because that's still not there. That's still not, it still hasn't been, I'm trying to read while we've been talking that's still yeah. not like a thing that's set in stone from what I can see. I've read up on it and I could actually break it down simply, but Jay's got something burning his buns. Go Jay. I, I feel like they're both like, you know, part, part of the same thing. Like you can't talk about one without the other, what Elon is doing with, with Twitter and what Jack is doing with blue sky. I agree. I agree. The, it, because the, the, the initial funding to create the blue, blue sky protocol started in Twitter, like Twitter paid for it. So advertisers, yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 Twitter owns it, and but like the way that Jack is talking about it, it's as if it has nothing to do with Twitter. But then, if Twitter owns it, that means that Elon owns it. So, well, maybe, maybe not, because Square. If you actually look, when was the last time you looked at the homepage of Square? You it's block. block, block. Thank you. Yeah. It's as it is. It's block.xyz, by the way. And it is as Web3 as it gets. It's cutting edge Web3 in terms of its visual UX and appeal. But but to your point, Jay, sure, Twitter paid for it. Stockholders paid for it. But so did, so did Block, right? Because Jack Dorsey got his wealth from both of those entities. So you could argue, like, it kind of, you can't just say it's only advertisers. But I, I, get where, I get what you're saying in origin, but I think your point is even more made in destiny. Where's the destiny of where this thing is going? And the thing that I think Blue Sky is doing is this. If you follow the links on Blue Sky, it talks, and we touched on this on one of the shows, but I think it was early in the morning. Um, it, they're, they're mainly working, like the only jobs available are engineering jobs, which means they're not ready for release. They're just working on the tech. The main thing Blue Sky is producing is not a social network yet. The main thing Blue Sky is producing is the AT protocol which I think is trying to deliver on what the soul, the idea of the soul token promises. You in control of your entire identity and protocol. Boom, and here's, here's George, and George probably knows oh. way, way more about this. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that it's a public it's a benefit public corp. Benefit. I mean, it's probably gonna try to be like a B Corp in essence where planet uh, profit and people are kind of in a triangle of balance where they're trying to not, you know, Think about profit before they take into account the the planet and the people. Jack is a huge humanitarian, a huge philanthropic minded person. So that totally aligns. I guess my point about not thinking about not being able to talk about blue skies that we don't really know what they're going to be trying to do. So this is all kind of very hypothetical 
They, uh, they don't, the app protocol page. At the, the app, app protocol? Yeah, the app, because Blue Sky says, look at what we're doing at app protocol. That's our uh -huh. main output. And then there's the beta that which you and I both applied for. We're running right. on the beta. But I think the beta is them playing with applying the underlying technology. And I think what app protocol will do, it will create the architecture on how to put you in control of your data finally, sold token wise. But then I think we've been talking about this with your micropod you just put out today about wallets in every social media platform. And at first I was opposed to this, but now I do believe there will be wallets on every website on the planet. And I'm gearing up Spark Sites, my website company around this, but also social media companies where just like um, you can do dark mode. Oh, super cool. I changed the CSS. I can do dark mode. Similarly, every site will be equipped with walletization or web threeitization where you can hook in your app protocol and you're in control. And it will say, hey, how many toggles do you have available? 150 data points? Great. My advertisers on this page want to access 10 of those data points. Do you give them permission? And you'll toggle them on or off. And then that will be a custom wallet. And so, Jay, my point is, is I do agree that the possible future of what Dorsey's doing will be for every social media platform because the underlying tech will be Twitter will want a custom experience on Twitter on what we're being served with ads. Apps are this. Ads can be another leg of income. So every company is going to want to do it, but we'll go there in the power position in control of our data and we'll toggle stuff off and on. Does that kind of, I don't know, does that resonate? You disagree? Do you agree? No, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, and it also makes, makes it seem a lot more connected to what he was initially doing with Web, Web 5. Right, so that just like puts a bow on the whole thing. Jared, I I, I I haven't listened to to the new Quick Pod. Tell me about that whole. Yeah, I I'll, I'll give you the TLDR, and I also want to say, uh, Grant, thank you for totally correcting me there. I I was talking about Blue Sky, but you're talking about App Protocol, which is going to be fundamental to Blue Sky. So I see the yeah. hand and glove relationship. I hadn't scrolled down that far. I just put in my <laughs> information for the beta, so I need yeah, to dive yeah. in. And I was looking at the website as you guys were just talking there. Um, I just put out a pod today and I was supposed to have on a guest on Saturday and he had some family stuff, wasn't able to make it. So I needed to get some something out really quick. And I was just thinking about Elon. And if you listen to the pod, it's episode 47, I think of more than blockchain. And I have an Elon quote in there and it's pretty good. And it basically, I basically say that, and this goes to a tweet. I said on a tweet, we talked about this, that the last social media network to add a crypto wallet, whichever that one is, will be the first one to die because they're going to be so far behind Web3, NFTs, tokenization, blockchain-backed assets, the idea of having crypto be a part of your platform, that they're just going to be so far behind, other platforms are just going to run them over. And um, I really goes back to WeChat. WeChat is what people are using in China, and it's kind of been at the backbone. And basically, Zuckerberg has been trying to do something along WeChat or having an app for everything for years. And you know, he had failed Libra and failed DM, which actually now, as Grant and I think, I think we were talking about, leads into a protocol or a blockchain now that's being used to some of the developers who left. I think Libra it was the failed Libra project. But basically, Facebook has been for years trying to come up with their own cryptocurrency. And maybe they didn't call it a cryptocurrency. They were just trying to say Facebook digital money. So that way, if you have someone in Kenya and someone in Peru and they want to exchange value because they're going to send something across the internet, whatever that is, or for tutoring or whatever it is, or, hey, I can help you like teach a guitar and we can do it. We don't need to figure out Western Union or any of that. I'll send you Zuckbucks or whatever the coin was going to be. Originally, I think it was going to be called DM. Then it was changed into Libra. So Mark Zuckerberg realizes that when he has, I think there's like, 3.7 maybe billion people with in, with uh, Facebook accounts, and I forget what the monthly active oh. users is, but it's ungodly, that if Facebook, as the biggest social network on the planet, has a way for people to exchange value in real time, irregardless or regardless of where they live, that is insane. And that, to be honest, is what Satoshi kind of wanted, just a P2P so anyone can share value with anyone, just as simple as it is to send a text or an email. And so I kind of built on that and basically said by 2025, I think all social media, um, all social media platforms, the big ones are all going to have this built in. It's obviously going to start with Twitter with the conversations we're having now. I don't know what it's going to look like. And the questions I have around that are, will they have their own native 
kind of, you know, will you have your own seed within app? So that way you manage your keys or will it be held by, will it be kind of custodied, if that makes sense. Just like the way that when you're on a centralized exchange, you don't always own your keys, right? Not your keys, not crypto. Will they tie in a third party where it's going to connect to a trust wallet, a Coinbase wallet, a MetaMask? I don't know. I don't really know what's best. I think what they're all start with is they'll just tie in a MetaMask because it's just easy. Then they can have hands off. MetaMask yeah. deals with all the tech issues. Great. They're one step removed from all the complaints because people will mess up. But my feeling is long term, it's going to be super sweet to just be on Instagram. Someone's going to launch their NFT collection on Instagram. You're going to be able to go to the artist. And in the, you know how when you go to, if you go to a post and there's multiple posts, it has the little like picture in a picture to show you that it will just be a ticker. And this says 10,000 collection. It'll be like 9,222, 9,223, 9,224. So you're gonna be like, oh, a click. And then you want to, you know, mint that, that, you know, NFT. So I think it's going to be amazing because right now, if you're an NFT artist, just use an example, you are going to use Instagram to leverage that being a really cool social network. And that's where a lot of people are. And that's where you're going to share your stuff. You can also put up stories so people can get to know you. But when you drop a collection or you drop something new, they're going to have to go off app and they're going to have to go to OpenSea, right? And if you actually look at what Coinbase did with Coinbase NFT in their marketplace, it looks really no different from Instagram. It looks yeah. shockingly like Instagram. Yes. Yeah. So when, a, when Instagram eventually has it, Facebook, Twitter, it's just going to be so much better for, for people to be able to honestly exchange real-time value across borders. Like it's, we're really starting to get to, I think, the exchanging of value on the internet. We've had the exchange of information forever, right? Jay, you're up in Canada right now. I'm in Massachusetts, Grants in Florida. We're talking with people around the world. We've been able to exchange and build communities and, and do this in real time now for quite some time. But can we have people send us money in real time right now by just throwing up our you know hexadecimal code? We kind of can, but it would be so much better if everyone just had their wallets already built into LinkedIn, built into YouTube, built into Instagram. So I do think that's going to happen. And I think it's also going to coincide. I didn't say this on the podcast. Please go listen, everyone. It's only seven minutes. I also think it's going to really dovetail nicely, the timeline, with the next bull run. So when Bitcoin yeah. starts to go up again, everyone gets really excited and everyone starts asking all of us who are listening to this conversation or in the chats, hey, what's Bitcoin? I thought it was a scam. When that starts to happen again, the on-rails are going to be so easy. It's going to be just like, oh, you have Instagram? Yeah, why don't you open that up? You have to go through like some KYC thing or I'm not even sure. Maybe there won't be KYC because you can only put crypto in. You can't change fiat to crypto. But anyways, I could talk about this forever. Yeah, I do think social media and crypto are going to be hand in glove definitely before the next bull run, which is uh, before 2025. What, this is a question to you, gentlemen. I, I followed, um, I had, I own some kick, the, the kin coin, K-I-N back in the day. I had hundreds of thousands, lost my seed. And then I lost some money there um, because the app changed protocol and I didn't upgrade. It was like a massive like fork. Um, so I was watching crypto in social media for a long time. There was a thing called steam it for a while, which was early experiments of what we now know, um, uh, as, uh, what's the blogging one that's taking medium on, um, where it's monetized. Oh, there's mirror, 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 mirror protocol. Steam it was around back in 2016, 2017, yeah. kind of like, I, I remember trying to get onto their wait list. Yeah, I, I had it for a while and, and it was, it was so fractional. It worked, but the, but the money was low. Then I remember Facebook launching DM and Libra and it felt like toy money. In fact, they had the little dollar sign in the messenger app for the longest time. And it was USD, just normal dollars. And it felt like toy money. And I don't know if you guys remember Google social network. Um, I forget, uh, the name of it at the moment. Um, it was a powerful social network. It was fantastic. I'll send you a link. It was, it was awesome, but they just didn't want to invest in it, but you could send us dollars, but it always felt like toy money and Ken Cato's post here. We're going to have to read in just a quick second. But my question to you two gentlemen is what technologies from DeFi, from NFTs, from TradFi have to converge? What are the major chunks you're watching? that have to converge so that we see, for example, I'm watching our commenters and they're phenomenal. And Ken Cato's post is so good 
that if LinkedIn were connected with Web3, we shouldn't even have to transact it. It should be based on time watched, uh, it, like uh, like proof of watch, proof of view. Fractional money should just come to us and they don't even have to approve the transaction, right? It's just there and they spent time and, and it's no, like they know what's going on, that they give us attention. We receive it in this case, Kim, his post too, he took time to post that should be automatically rewarded. What elements do you gentlemen believe have to be in place for us to not view in-app, in-social media transactions to be toy money, but very real? Jay, you want to take a stab at this? Hmm. I mean, I, I kind of feel like it's going to be generational, you know, because it feels interesting. It feels like toy money to you and I, because we were raised with paper currency. Maybe. But if you were raised, you know, using credit cards and debit cards and you didn't really use a whole bunch of, of dollars and, and coins, then maybe it doesn't feel all like as as toy like or as childlike to you. And then interesting. If you come along ten years from now and most of what you're spending is crypto, then it will probably feel as real as seashells felt to people a thousand years ago. Yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Jerry, you made a funny face. What it what was your thought there? Yeah, it doesn't seem like play money to me. It seems more real than fiat. I I already I mean I don't get that on paper, but like experientially, like you got paid today from your job and the work you did. You didn't yeah, get paid. Yeah, I don't get they don't send me an envelope of cash. They're not mobsters. I get an ACH wire deposit. I don't see money. You know what I mean? Like we sure, already sure. live in a digital world. We're just changing the way it works. Like I I don't for me, I I don't know. Cash feels like gross to me, especially after the pandemic. Like ah. we know we know how gross cash is. You know what I mean? Like honestly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I already am there. Like when I would rather lose fiat than Ethereum. 100%. I guess so I'm already there, about, I guess. I guess I think about um Ray Kurzweil's a futurist for those who don't know. You gentlemen might be familiar with Ray Kurzweil's work. Uh, he invented a lot of things, including the Kurzweil piano. He programmed a TV way back in the day. I mean, he's very super futuristic guy. Finally went to work for Google because he could get access to their supercomputer. He wrote the Techie Asymptote, also known as the Nerd Rapture. And he wrote this like in, in the 80s or 90s, something like this. And the idea, the idea was um, he called for GNR, genetics, robotics and nanotechnology when they were at a certain point and converged that was the moment that humans would fuse with computers and i think often about that how genius it was to identify that when genetic understanding like bre breaking down the dna code when nanotechnology was efficient enough at a small enough scale and when robotics was advanced enough at a certain scale to actually make the nanotechnology when those things converged we would actually start actually fusing with computers more and more. And that is coming up rapidly. So I think about that and I think about the inflection point when crypto is so utilized and abstracted that we don't even think about it. And it, we go onto Twitter or we go onto this live and we just know that some sort of incentivization is going to be happening. And I think like TradFi, like this ISO 200022, I think that is a major element for standardized banking. I think this is the problem Facebook had. It felt like toy money because there were no rails. The rails to get that money from Facebook into bank accounts and make it feel real, but also have a bling factor, braggability, status symbol with it was really tough and they couldn't do it. But I think we're getting closer, especially with this paid blue check. What, Jared? You're smirking. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot going on in the comments. And Allison, if you're still around, thanks for stopping by. Uh, Grant, I, what would you have wanted from Facebook that wasn't there as far as the bling factor? I don't know. I guess I'm a little lost there. What, Or give an example of another app or platform that has a bling factor that you think actually ties into why people want to spend or want to show out or flex on that particular app. Like, what, do you, what would you have wanted? I don't get because... 
in Facebook at the time that was on Messenger. So it wasn't on the actual Facebook. And a lot of the podcasts I talk about today is that, you know, the relationship between Messenger and Facebook. And something I don't talk about on the podcast that I just did was, and I dropped the podcast somewhere in the in the chat here, I think, is that originally when he went in 2014, he, Mark, was seeing WhatsApp blow up. He was seeing Venmo blow up. He was seeing what they were going to do. And he was like, we already have a way bigger monthly active user. We already have way more people. They have to go through some level of KYC, but why don't we just do this? So because it was on the messenger side, what is the bling that you would have hoped to have seen? Like what, or, or can you dive into that deeper? Because I do think that is tied into human incentive to sometimes spend. Like when people, it's why people buy really nice cars. A crappy car can also get you from A to B and be super reliable. Like there's even a Toyota Camry and a Porsche. You know, yeah. They're both going to be A to B, but one, you're going to flex a little. That's all, right? Yeah. I mean, like when we get past, if you're just looking at strict utility, not yeah. the social currency that it may give you or social signaling. I think, well, you just said the word social signaling. I think like like the car that will get you to A to B, it did that. But there was something that still felt um, not as fun or gamified as social media itself. The dopamine hit you get from a bunch of likes or follows was unparalleled. And then to transact something that was so sterile was not fun at all. And so I think this idea of whether it's mirror protocol or whether it's Reddit karma points or something along those lines, uh, and, and, and George actually hits on it. Visa's recent push, I think, will help with that. I also will think us getting onto the banking rails so that it's just a matter of a click to turn, for example, Reddit karma into real tokens so that there's a social component of, hey, man, like people don't just want the money. We're realizing that. And the push of NFTs, the braggability of wearing your NFT or your Board 8 merch or whatever it is, we're realizing there is money is just a means of status in a lot of things. No one actually wants money. They want what it can get them. And the number one thing money gets people is some form of status. Very few people actually want money. People want what it can get them. And what people are looking for is is viability. So to to I just was. I think that's why it didn't take. That's not what I was looking for necessarily. I just don't think it was fun and it didn't incentivize me to participate and be a good netizen. You know? Jay, I want to throw to you what Ken Cato has written here. Should I read it out and then let Jay kind of, because yes, it, it, it builds exactly on what you're talking about, Grant. Please do. Where there wasn't any kind of like high fives that made me feel a certain way, which influenced the way my behavior was going to be one way or another. So I'm going to read Ken Cato and then, uh, Jay, I'm going to throw you the mic. Ken Cato says, this is the longest comment we've ever had on Not Crypto Bros, episode 27. <laughs> but it's good. Ken Cato, he ran out of ink when he typed this. He said, how to live in real life versus how live life, uh, how, how people live life on social media where bots constantly approve. How many people switch to the left or to the right based on what truth is presented by what sources provided by who? How many people joined OnlyFans because of body positivity? How many children slash teens went through physical transformations because of bots cheering them on? Accepting the laws of cause and effect is ignored if you have bots constantly rooting for you in the moment irrelevant of the long-term positive or negative effects based on your decision in the wow. now. These effects might not align with who you are years down the road. This builds wow. exactly on what Grant was just talking about. Jay, wow. thoughts on this? Hmm. It, the, 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 the very last line like makes me think of something. Um, I, I feel like I've talked about this with, with one of you before, when, when we think of, uh, blockchain being incorporated into social media, what happens when your comments and interactions are encapsulated on the blockchain for the rest of your life? You know, like we talk about that on social media, right? Like. You know, you post something, it's there forever. Like, not, not really. Like, you can delete it, and then eventually a bunch of people are going to forget about it. But what happens to stuff that you can never remove from the blockchain? That's really what, what, what the, the, the comment here from Ken made me think of. Mm. This, is a, this is a really profound comment, and I want to thank Ken for asking this question because i think yeah. the comment points at the root of why we wanted to start talking the three of us yep. throwing our cameras on 
yeah. was because behind crypto, behind social media, behind network effects, behind social networks, behind NFTs, behind all this Web3 stuff is the are these human it's like the, these humanistic i'm not sure if i'm using that word right questions about how bots or how network effects or how the internet or how social media affects who we are in IRL yeah because when i read this i think of so many different things i love how the the he asked so many good questions here he says how many women joined OnlyFans because of body positivity how many children teens went through physical transformation because of bots cheering them on and I think the thing is, I think it goes both ways. And he's, he admits to that too. How many women didn't join OnlyFans because maybe bots weren't giving them love or weren't showing them love? And how many teens didn't maybe go through some transformation because they weren't getting love? And that's not what the internet gave them. And this goes beyond bots. This is just the internet at large. And I think we're at this really interesting, and Grant, I think you said inflection point earlier, where and three days ago my nephew was born his name is luca luca wants to listen to this and be like this is crazy but he will grow up in a world where maybe he'll be turning in you know instead of getting up in front of a class he'll have to get up in front of a youtube audience and yeah. talk about christopher yes. columbus or something yeah. right and then depending upon the likes he'll get a different grade and i know that sounds like black mirror-ish but like we're going towards a place where we can't even fathom and what happens online is so very much important to so many people and it's becoming a lot more real than even the real world we exist in and this was sped up by the pandemic where for me personally i interacted with my mother and my father my buddy his wife and their three kids and my other friend one of my like really close childhood friends maddie those are the only people i saw for almost two years because we had to keep tight circles because of the pandemic, you know? So for maybe two years, a little much, but for a year and a half, that was it. So I started to focus online. I created multiple podcasts. I met you two. And dare I say that now it makes sense as Ken's saying that things online would influence us to maybe change our direction, pivot our lives in some way that we may actually not be super excited about in five years. But I want to say the other thing is, or we may be super excited about it. So- I super think excited. I think that there's good and bad, but I will say I do think social media is a place where if you don't have a purpose or a destination already in mind, you're going to get pulled in a bunch of different ways because there's yeah. a lot of shiny objects out there. And let me they can be good or bad. So anyway, I want to attest to this, but but and and, and before I, I I share my story on this briefly. I think I want to end this episode with existential questions you might want to ask like Ken did. Ken asked some very good questions. So instead of shout outs, I'm going to want to hear for you to ask the viewers some pointed questions. So I'm prepping you guys for that. So truth is, is um, not many people know this. I have put most of my social media activity on hold, barring the not crypto bros. The main reason is, is and some of the uh, these gentlemen know, I'm going through a massive physical fitness uh, uh, transformation right now. I'm doing a huge bulk. I'm getting really fit and I'm, I'm actually at 42. I'm in some of the best fitness of my life. And I'm actually going to be documenting this journey soon. I'm got four weeks left on my bulk and then a six week cut. Then I'm going to do a, um, I'm going to do a, uh, a photo shoot and some posting about it, but fitness will then become part of my pillar. Why am I doing this? Well, in, in Ken's post here, because bots told me to literally, by that, I mean this, we have evolved as a species to have a massive rapid feedback loop. And that feedback loop is what do people like? When I am skimming a feed and I see a fit body of a female or a male, preferably female in my case, but also female, I'll slow down and I'll look. Human figures catch our eye. We know this. So what does the bot feed me? More of that. Now, I look at something Alex Hormozzi talked about and said, the, the, the industrialists had the power of the industrial era. The oil and gas were the, were the power positions to have in the industrial era. In our era today, the power are those who can mine and dig and refine attention. Now, I've known this. I've been an entertainer my whole life. I've been a stage actor. I've been a, a, a screen actor but I got away from that doing business. And then I started to eschew and reject what social media was doing. But about a year and a half ago, I finally accepted 
there are some things you can do to get the algorithm, the box to serve you up. So to your point, Ken, it is true. But to me, it is not necessarily indicative of an inherently bad thing. I believe social media is a black mirror. It's showing us what we are. This is who we are. Personally, I enjoy it because it allows us to face our demons more quickly and what's flawed about the human condition. But equally for those who will wield it, it empowers us to wield it and to get over our issues. So women joining OnlyFans through body positivity, I love it. So my existential question though, and this is something that I've encountered to your point, this weekend, I'm hitting my goals and I'm having to start asking myself, man, I'm looking good. I posted one single post and my one, my first fitness post got more engagement than all of my engagement for the entire get out year <laughs> to date. Whoa. I'm not kidding. This one stupid out of focus post, it proved to be true. So as soon as I'm hitting my goals, I was dealt with an existential question. And that is this, wait, what direction was I heading in? I wasn't doing this to sell out to be Mr. Sexy. Jared and Jay both know this. I believe in humanitarian development. I believe in human service. I believe in giving back, giving back, giving back. But I started to lose myself because my own feed is now showing me more and more vain things. So it's not exactly a cautionary tale. The entire social media experiment is a cautionary tale. So my first question before I hand the mic to you guys to wrap up any way you see fit, my first question or my last question of the day, my last comment of the day is this. Are you very clear about your goals and what you're doing with the godlike technology? available to us. I'll hand the mic. Jay. Hmm. You know, I used to I used to do like a five year plan and every year ex extend it. It was it was so cool because every year I'd, I'd hit I didn't always hit hit it in the year, but like if you look back like three years later, everything everything that was there is gone. And I haven't done it in a while. And uh, you hearing you say that made me think of it like oh maybe that's something that I should definitely go back to mm. yeah yeah but yeah I, I i don't know if i'm necessarily if i've thought about it like that in sure. terms of like having all of this technology and resources available to me if i'm really taking advantage of it in the best way that i could probably not if i was being like just the the, the frank reactions probably not you know and, and maybe actually this is a good good opportunity for me to actually go and sit back and think about just even like how I use the time that I have, right? Probably spend a whole lot more time watching random silly YouTube videos than I should be. <laughs> Any shout outs before we hand the mic to Jay Jarrett to wrap up with his, some of his closing thoughts? Uh, oh, shout out to Brian. I haven't seen or heard from Brian. Brian Norton in a long time. Shout out to Brian. And great comments today, Brian. Yeah. Um, and 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 I will hang the, the mic to Jared. Uh, one last shout out. I wanted to give a shout out to my uh, outsource team in Gujarat, India. Um, the the suspension bridge fell, killing, we think, about 150 people. I checked in with my, my outsource team. Everyone there seems to be fine, but it was a pretty tragic situation in Gujarat, India. So my shout out is my heart's with them today. Jared? Passing thoughts, questions, conclusions, anything at all whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think um, I just think about Steve Jobs when he got up and he gave that graduation speech where he's like, you can't connect the dots moving forward. And so wherever you find yourself in life, I don't care if you're an 18 year old out of high school, if you're seven, I mean, maybe not a seven year old, there's not too much introspection you can do. But when you connect <laughs> the dots moving backwards, it always kind of makes sense. Um, my life trajectory was towards international development. And then I had about a three or four year hiatus where that didn't happen. And I did some entrepreneurial stuff and I tried to do other things and learned a bunch of life lessons, but now I'm back on that track. So I, I think it kind of makes sense. And I'm back on that track doing mixing philanthropy with crypto and with blockchain, which is super beautiful. So I think it does kind of make sense. I do have a goal and I do have a trajectory. So for me, like getting, you know, love from bots or whatever, it may not shift that. But I can see where if I started talking about, I don't know, NFTs and everyone loved it. And all of a sudden I had a hundred subs on YouTube. Well, maybe I'm an NFT guy now because that's 
you know, I think there's a difference between, you know, letting the market tell you what to do. Um, and as long as that aligns with where you want to go, or if it feels right, who cares? Cause you're going to look back and it's going to be a cool journey. So, um, but I want to give a shout out to Ken Cato. I, it's good to see you there. I love, I love this question. And I do think the, the questions are going to grow once I, once again, I have a really young nephew now who's three days old. He's a little peanut. He's like eight pounds. He's just so <laughs> tiny, but you know, he's going to grow up in a world that's completely different where yeah. his online, his online presence will probably be worth so much more than his IRL presence. Like, and even now I talk to so many more people on LinkedIn and Twitter all the time about crypto. Yeah. Everything under the sun. I have people reach out to me and say, Hey, I wanted to know what your thoughts are on this. Hey, for some investment advice, we obviously have the conversation where you can't hold me accountable if you lose all your money. <laughs> and then I walk down to my grocery store and I can walk around and it's like, great. You know, no one knows me. Like I'd much rather be famous on the internet. You know, I think it'd be way cooler than to then not be able to like walk around in public, you know? So I, I don't know. We're, we're in a really weird place, but I do think we're at an inflection point with humanity. We're right before we're about to get into this AR, VR, and MR world because that will happen in the next five to 10 uh, years. And then after that, we're going to look back and it's going to be the same way the three of us look back at like AIM chat rooms, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll be like, yeah, we used to have a show with just a live feed. We weren't in the metaverse. People are going to think that's super crazy in 30. So anyways, um, shout out to everyone for in the comments, Allison as well. Great to see you guys. And uh, we will be back on Saturday at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, go ahead and follow us at YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Not Crypto Bros. And like and subscribe to us on all of those. Follow us and check out notcryptobros.xyz for some more information. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Have a phenomenal day. Peace.